Welcome to the Epic Toys Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Wills. Daniel Bassett is shaking his head at me already. How are you, Dan? Going right well. Going right well. Um, do we want to run out of the blocks with racial overtones? I mean, you know, people who say worse, but like, you know. I, I could, yeah. Um, <laughs> I could say worse. I haven't. Um, that hasn't started that bad. It was a, the start of his entrance song. Uh, in case you haven't guessed it, we're doing a special on Eddie Guerrero tonight. Uh, not a special on racial undertones, um, just a special on Eddie himself. Uh, look back at his, his history, uh, mainly because of the upcoming Series 3 Epic Toys Retro we've got lined up. Yeah, well, I'm very, very exciting and very excited to do it. As two men in their 30s, we could conceivably have, you know, delegated and brought in an expert like Pablo did with FMW Brett for Hayabusa, but we're two men in our 30s. So we didn't. Yeah. I mean, we, we could pretend that someone's here. It's only audio. I could put on an accent. But I thought <laughs> that we might get shut down if I do that. <laughs> what do you think, Miguel? No. Tell us about the AAA work there, Miguel. Um, <laughs> See. Um... Fuck's sake. They're not racist. Just for anybody listening that may not get the context around like that, we're, we're far from it. Like, Far from it, the opposite. Um, let's chill some stuff. Uh, Wrestling Trader, um, Epic Toys. Um, head over to wrestlingtrader.co.uk to pre-order the Wrestling Megastars Series 2 bundle. Uh, £90 for all five. Where else can you get five figures for £90 that aren't even released yet? Uh, you probably get them on a group, but you may not ever get them posted to you. So yeah, they're not really released yet. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, but you'd have a receipt from Wrestling Poundland. Do you mind just getting Poundland? Yeah, not, we, not we, these, but yeah. yeah, no, we've we've got the equivalent over here as well. I can sure like, and if you really felt if it, like if you bought figures that are less quality and more expensive, then it's a no brainer to buy these. <laughs> there we go. Well, I'll speak to the shad bolts and see if they'll put that on the website. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, they're the only ones involved in 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 epic toys that aren't petty and vindictive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, hopefully, they don't do an Instagram post on their story about us. Um, we can pray. Jamie and Dan. Jamie and Dan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, series two, in case you're wondering, was the Blue Meanie, Big Stevie Cool, Hollywood Nova, Haku, and Tangalawa, which basically means that if you want, if you're buying four of the five anyway, you get Tangalawa for a tenner. So, it's basically free. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, Tangaloa. I've been exposed in the past for my lack of New Japan knowledge, and now I'm about to be exposed for my lack of AAA knowledge. Hey, uh, they're good batteries, don't you? Oh, dear. Oh dear. Don't you mock those. Um, yeah, so Eddie Guerrero. What a man. Um, I realised, obviously, whilst uh, having a little bit of research to this, um, sort of a somber note, but he passed away at age thirty-eight, which is the same age as you are. It's not. Oh, it's not. You older? 
I am 37. Oh, when are you 38? July. Oh, well, that is your top box ticking, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very sad in 2005. It was, and it was really, really at the peak of his powers in, in every aspect as well. So it was an awful, awful tragedy. I think it was felt around the world from between fans and all, all sorts as well. So, I mean, um, uh, well, controversially, it was exploited less than a year later by WWE, but sure, hey, this is entertainment, kids. Um, really found that offensive. I suppose we have to touch on that for a moment as well. I mean, the Rey Mysterio uh, thing and, you know, the Rey Mysterio's enemies done, you know, Eddie's up. And, you know, it, it was it was all a bit much. I know it was we cheap. Expect, it was cheap. Yeah, yeah. We, expect, we expect a bit of harm from our wrestling as God damn, it has a place. And so does parlay and real life into it. But I found it quite distasteful even at the time. Uh, because, you know, the, the, you can look back at things and go, oh, well, different times. And yeah, well, it was it was still wrong then. Like. Yeah. Still... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was. And I think um, even if you look a bit bit deeper, honestly, having um, at, his, at his wife sort of on TV as well and... Um, Shortly after, and having sort of, I think she had like a storyline where it was Edge and Big Show and stuff. So I mean, it did sort of carry on after. And I know, obviously, the the cheap heat that a lot of the heels got for it wasn't yeah. great, but I think it did boost Mysterio into that sort of. It did. It did. It which did. I think I'm, I'm always a fan of like people getting title shots, people getting titles if it fits the storyline. I think this this did. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you, you touch on Vicky there and, and she grew into her role. We're not going to speak about anything else, by the way, on this podcast. She grew into her role and became really entertaining and came seemed to have come out of her shell. Like even the McMahons and Vicky herself would say she got the job because they lost Eddie. Like, you know, that's and that that's the <clears throat> excuse me. That's what you think was the most excuse me. <laughs> uh, that was a catchphrase. And she it was. But uh, and she came out of her shell, and her talents really shone through over the years as a as a heel manager and as a heel and and garner and her reaction. So you know, out of horrific tragedy, at times can come good stuff as well. But we are talking about the Cella Series Three, Mister Guerrero, um, and the figure itself. We'll just touch on. I know we're going higgly piggly. We'll go back chronologically. We'll do full ta- Tarantino. We'll start at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's and then. Figure. The figure itself is amazing. It's the like kind of WCW <clears throat> potentially radical, if we want to say that, uh Eddie. Um, and it really sits with all the bros and it sits, it's it's not too realistic and it, it, it sits with them all. Like it's 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 a whopper figure as well as like a very famous wrestler to boot um as well. So I'm looking forward to it from that aspect, and it does fit in with the collections of all you guys um i have asked the shad bolts will there be variants because i mean it's extremely variant friendly on the tights etc like that yeah and <clears throat> they sandbagged me because i suppose they just want to do right by people uh particularly at the outset like so um so yeah no so will we eddie guerrero was a second generation wrestler which is very common in wrestling. I know I spend so much time making fun of wrestlers and all that sort of thing, but I mean, he had he had the knack for it as well. Like mechanically, bell to bell from about I want to say from about nineteen ninety four, 
right up until he passed in 05 would have been one of the best, like bell to bell and then kind of with WWE. Now, people will disagree with me about this and they'll have fonder memories of WCW and ECW and AAA, but the character work under the WWE was where he really came into his own and kind of reached superstar very much deservedly as well. Yeah, I think also the first time we would have seen him, because he was big in, in AAA, which, as we've already said, we're not fully clued up on. Um, a New Japan as well, where he was under the... the I can black. chime in there for a moment that I am a PWI kid. So, you know, from about 93, and I was about eight years of age, I knew his name. Right. And would have read his name on pay-per-view results, teaming with Art Bar and all that sort of thing. And I've watched that since, as an adult, and, like, the AAA ran a pay-per-view in the United States when Worlds Collide, I think, and um, he exploded onto the scene himself in Art Bar. The tag team match that they had today, by today's standards, and we shouldn't judge things by today's standards, would have been a decent Dynamite TV match. In 1992, it would have blown the socks off everyone, and it did, in terms of how good he was in the ring, bell to bell, and his partner, Art Bar, who passed not, not, not long after that, his career was cut very short. Um, so he he would probably got notice from ECW and Japan after that. Which I think, um, yeah, it's New Japan. He, he, was, he was Black Tiger on, which so I saw um, the Dark Side of the Ring episode with the match, some of the matches he had with, with Chris Benoit and yeah. um, to a few hours, maybe Jericho as well back then as well. But um I mean, it's ahead of their time, really. Really and truly tra- trailblazing in terms of uh, bell to bell. And he, he was an engaging character and person. Like I've, it, Jericho talks about him a lot in his books about what kind of a person he was as well. And uh, supposedly extremely kind to people. And he had his own issues, um, which I don't really know a lot about. So there's no point in covering bar when we get to WWE, then not WWE, then WWE again. And... Um, so, uh, so you know, it's like that, that it, and that does make a difference, especially in this day and age of the, in the age of social media. Like, to be quite frank, something would have come out by now, and it hasn't. And people, his colleagues, and people who knew him only really ever have any no- nice things to say. Um. So yeah, the, the, there was that, and that does make a difference to like you know his memory and his legacy and all that because he had a friend who finished life in a not not as nice a way, and people don't want to know, and I get that. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you look at, um, especially his ECW reign and how short he was there, that's sort of testament to the character he had built in ECW as well as his ability. Because you find that a lot of people will have at least a year or so to, to hone their skills in ECW before WCW can pick him up or even WF to some point. But um, Guerrero was there for not even a year. Yeah, no, he wrote well. You see, that the move to WCW was kind of riding the wave of um, needing talent to fill Nitro, and he is was is was was serious talent. And if they if Bischoff wanted the best action, he would have been top of the list, and I believe he was, along with Benoit, Malenko, Mysterio, and uh, Juventud, Psychosis, and um, and and Jericho to some extent around that sort of time. Jericho to some extent because I mean they were able to provide the do. If you want the action, your top of the card guys aren't going to give you anything 
different in ring wise because over on the other channel you had HBK Brett uh, Razor for a time and these were the guys that were probably top of their business in terms of how to do it and if you were into the wrestling aspect of wrestling so, uh, yeah, so. so if they wanted to sell something with the big characters and the Hogan's and the and the flares and all that not not taking anything away from them they needed to fill more time and it was a fairly ingenious move people make fun of Eric Bischoff uh, and for a time you know, and they say he stole all his ideas but sure they worked like yeah. I don't know whether he did or not like but they worked and they worked in a serious way and Guerrero in WCW has a body of work that uh, is absolutely unparalleled because him and the others were kind of sent out every week to have matches and every week they would try to steal the show and it, it ended up being the cause of their frustration leaving in 2000 as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, I enjoyed Eddie in WCW a hell of a lot. Uh, it doesn't... It, the character, the wrestling is like a fine wine. The character doesn't age as well. Like, a fine, like a fine yogurt, the character. Yeah, it, it, when you see him, uh, when he got to WWE, particularly coming up to his championship run and from, from Los Guerreros onwards, really, because he got that extra step. Like he was always an, an entertaining and engaging character in, w, in WCW. But he was given, I, don't, I I can't put my finger on it, but he became, I like the whole lie, cheat and steal thing was so entertaining and he ran with it and the people loved it. That's the most important thing, I suppose. Um, And when they did, and they, and like he got given that extra step, like OSW did a story arc and Eddie just happened to be in it doing the LWO, which only lasted three months because there's some serious revisionist history going on in wrestling at the moment. Um. And he did a promo with his suitcase that he was going to leave and all this. And there was all these kind of work shoot promos before they left. And it was crap. <laughs> God forgive me. Like, and, you know, and that's not the best use of Guerrero at the time. And then how engaging was he? Um, I just watched today in advance of this, like, say, the build-up to No Way Out 2004. And that's only six years in the difference. Yeah. Um, How engaging of a character was he then? And was it, I don't know, McMahon or whoever was working for McMahon sprinkling some more fairy dust, giving him that confidence? Because you can see it was always in him. Yeah. I, I think that as well as mixed in with like the size. He he went from being quite lean in sort of 2000 through to 2001. And then sort of during the Los Guerreros angle, he... um. He certainly bulked up quite a lot, didn't he? Um, and I think that would have helped sort of confidence-wise with him, um, as well sure. as obviously there, there being no real top stars around that sort of time in 2004. Yeah. So I think it was sort of the right time, right place sort of thing for him. Um, we look back at sort of through WCW, because obviously I've been watching sort of catch up on, on WCW and I've, I've got to Full Brawl 99, which... Um, Good event as well when Sting turns heel and sort of like starts the uh, the wolf pack with Luger. Um, and around that sort of time, so you had like your Benoit, you had Malenko, who would put on, I think, like two stellar matches in a row. Yeah. That'll be where sort of the start of the frustration would be because you got play people like Sid Vicious who would come in straight to the top of the card 
um, and then yeah. just just ruin guys like that. And then Ru- Russo kind of paralleled it to an angle in 2000. Sorry for the spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the new blood and the millionaire stuff. And the reality of that is somewhere in the middle. That, you know, the millionaire club who don't, who who weren't pulling their weight, who were booking themselves, who were doing this, are the people, people engaging people that people are tuning in to see. You can see, that I remember even seeing um, some stats when Scott Hall was in TNA. People tune in to see what he was up to, mm. you know, um, and then the guys, what they call underneath, kind of felt like that they were taking the load and they were because they were the ones taking the bumps, the ones providing all the action. And then the ones not getting the chance to become those engaging characters because guys are protecting their spots. So it made all the sense in the world for the four of them to jump to WWF when they did and it was so exciting I was kind of dipping in and out of wrestling at the time it was about 14 or 15 but I remember seeing Smackdown used to be on a Saturday morning yeah and I kind of did a recap of the Raw where they appeared and then on Smackdown they wrestled and I think Eddie got injured Um, that sounds the- about right I think because yeah, it went down to three of them for a while didn't it yeah no he got injured and then he got let go because of his own issues and he was working on the independent scene he, he wrestled cm punk a few times a young a yeah young, it was a triple threat match wasn't there already in iwa mid-south it was on the wrestling channel jamie <laughs> there's a callback for you and a callback for some of our listeners i'm sure remember the wrestling channel uh there's a nice little documentary on youtube by that to really tittle your nostalgia folks if you, if you have- i hope it's followed by a, an episode of sex cetera no, well, really, why? Because you ever watch like wrestling back in the day, and they'd be followed up by some sort of weird. Well, no, you see, the wrestling channel was a, like a failed digital channel in two thousand and five, and based in Dublin, and it had like loads of Noah and IWA Mid South, CZW. Ah, uh, so we used to get it on like TNT. I think Spike. We even had like a Spike yes, channel over here. It, it came from that. It came from that or something. Right. Um, we we got we, we used to get all the channels once we kind of did get um satellite uh, all right but uh you know the wrestling channel was a wrestling standalone wrestling channel like CZW and ROH anchor <laughs> but it, I saw so on TNA actually and I saw so much Samoa Joe AJ Styles mm. Cole Cabana um in two thousand and five like that they're still my guys like that I was because when I was coming back into watching wrestling. Um, so I was about 20 then as well and so they had the career on I was like oh my god he was released from WWE for a short time in 2002 okay or 2001 2002 but any and yeah and he fought a young CM Punk or whatever happened that guy um, I still don't know I, don't, I haven't seen him in a while um, <laughs> and so I also caught um, obviously Guerrero around about 97 when he was having matches with um, X-Pac or Six and um if you was around that sort of time as well. And um, I mean, the talent that they had back then to put on those sorts of shows, which was sort of show stealing matches. Yeah. Um, so that sort of ran about 96 to 2000 when he was there. You just sort of think like it's a lost opportunity. I think the amount of matches he had, he, he had a chance to beat DDP, which not many people yeah. did. Yeah, and he, and, he, and he had a mini feud with Flair that he won, but he didn't get the better of. Like, there was always... The older guys were always making the younger guys still look like losers. There was no, like, convincing... Yeah. Um, and, and that was kind of part of the downfall of WCW. 
But r- rolling back to what you were saying about the 97 and the Mysterios, Jericho's, Benoit's, uh, Malenko's, and very much Eddie Guerrero, were the those matches would have been the influence for what you see today and the guys that we just mentioned about the wrestling channel that were 10, 11, 12, mm. 13 are about to start training. Um, and so that style, like the Seth Rollins, um, you know, they would have been the influencers for the, so that style has completely infiltrated wrestling. There's essentially a whole organization, AEW, built around that kind of thing. Um, and then WWE, I mean, people can, can now get to the top of the card by being quite good at wrestling, such as Daniel Bryan and, you know, um, they say there's there's still more about the character and, and she, yeah yeah I, I got you mean like the, the likes of Adam Cole who's not the biggest but yeah 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 and so you've WWE which are still more about the shilling merch to the kids and telling stories and making movies and all that and there's nothing wrong with that either but the majority of wrestlers would have been major nerd fans and very young and seeing all these and these would have been the influence for essentially. I would say a good 90% of the product you see in the ring currently. Mm. But you can remove a few, almost Braun Strowman, anybody who kind of played American football. After that, they're all kind of trying to follow Guerrero et al. Yeah. Yeah. And I think obviously touched on a little bit there, but the Mysterio Guerrero from uh, Halloween Havoc, yeah. which yeah. is probably one of the most, one of the most important matches. Um, in WCW and sort of cruiserweight history as well. Yeah, I would, I, w- I would make a plumb. I know it's an Eddie Guerrero podcast, but that Ray is probably the biggest influence on bell to bell wrestling in the last forty years. Mm. In in terms of how he did, what he did, when he did it, and and promoters had to listen. People had to listen because people loved it. Yeah, I and mean, even if you look at, watching we'll touch on Ray, but. Ray, when he came around in 2002, you know, he's not the biggest guy. He essentially was a mid-carder for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and the amount of people now that I speak to that still say, I've Rey Mysterio still in wrestling. And it's yeah. like, you maybe what they might be watched it for six months to a year back in sort of the early 2000s. And memorable. 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 It sticks in your head. Um, you know, it's funny it's, because those, the get-up Ray had, we, we, we'll move on from Ray, but the get-up that Ray had, those baggy pants, was because his knees were so fucked and he had two braces. He had nowhere near the moveset or anything that he did in AAA, ECW or WCW, but he had that kind of uh, special quality about him. But that, that outfit kind of partly made the character a little bit. And um, you see now he's back to the things because stem cells are class. Um, but but like, like that, without all the get up girl stuff to sell to kids, would Ray have been as successful? Yeah, I mean, if you put Ray in there without his mask on like we had yeah. at the WCW. He's a similar uh, trajectory to Eddie as well. Like, yeah, um, and the fact that he's, he's not the biggest guy, but he is a damn good wrestler. That's it. That's it. And then Eddie was a damn good wrestler and then became a damn, damn good entertainer in his latter years, which were too short, of course. Um, yeah, because obviously when we had like the LWO and, and stuff, which um, it was memorable, but for me it didn't meet the potential. I don't think it could have reached 
it it seemed it seemed like a trash can angle just to keep things going. Like if there's a lot of revisionist history going on about the LWO currently, but the reality was it was only around for a couple of months, and uh, their leader, quote unquote, Ray Mysterio, was forced into it in some sort of weird, stupid Russo stipulation match. And the only thing, the only relation that the LWO and WWE currently has to the LWO in WCW was. The colors of the t-shirt mm. <laughs> truly like. and they've, they've changed that as well for Zena vegas one which is the puerto rico flag oh okay yeah, yeah. and What's i saw shit? i saw wolfpack nwo did you see this in the last few days <laughs> with wolfpack, the t-shirt yeah t-shirt with the WWE. oh my god because i was actually like that's something i'd buy hmm. the nwo wolfpack and when i saw someone got that and that was on it i was like what the hell like, yeah, it's confusing. Um, I'm actually going to change it as soon as there's a bit of an uproar about it. Um, so obviously my well, first time I saw Guerrero and Benoit and so on would have been on on Raw at ringside, and I felt like they made quite a big deal of the four of them sat at ringside. Um, you know, obviously they mentioned them by name, they mentioned where they come from. Um, no one really knew why they were there. It sort of gave the sort of Scott Hall vibes that we had four years prior. Yeah, and I, I think if we were on the internet a little bit more, we would have had a better idea, but it's it's nearly more special that we weren't. Like, because mm. I watched, or I remember vaguely watching that Nitro, or else maybe I did look it up on the internet um, around that time. But actually, Benoit won the world title uh, the Sunday before, and then he couldn't, uh, like, it was part of his contract or whatever, and then they just changed the story the next day to say, oh, Sid's foot was under the rope, piece of chap, sorry. Like yeah. and this is you know this non continuity and kind of bollocksology that WCW went because they obviously went the eleven hour with the contracts with the lads, um, and so the lads were able to appear on Raw the ne- uh, well, uh, maybe it was the next night. Someone, someone in the comments, someone on the forums will correct me. Uh, like, well, they, they, they got released on January nineteenth, two thousand, according to this, and they debuted on the thirty first. Okay, so yeah, and I was thinking there may have been a week or two, uh, like or, or a week after that was Aaron Anderson saying you didn't win, um, and then I suppose to go to go back to Eddie Guerrero as well. It's something I remember before he got released around two when when they all started the radicals all started moving into their own angles like stupid James Bond angle for Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit moving up the card. They and, changed his theme song. Yeah, because um, yeah. when when Eddie did pull his um. Was his shoulder, wasn't it? He dislocated. Yeah. Um, I remember the sling quite vividly. Yeah, which yeah. is it's good. That they worked into a storyline quite well. Oh yeah, no, those, those. I love all those little gimmicks. Like it comes from like Bob Orton's arm and Owen's mm. arm. All that. I love all that stuff as well. And then when they went into their four kind of kind of separate ways, I suppose was Latino Heat came along, and that was great fun. And it was really when he first, to me. And even kind of watching it, looking at it chronologically, and then reading about it today for tonight, um, was when he came into his own as an entertainer with China and the whole Mamacita and all that great stuff. And it was it was so much fun, and it showed he had a fun side. Yeah, I think that's one thing that sticks in my head is that I mean, I'm sure it probably wasn't even that long the Eddie Guerrero China so. um, storyline, but I think you sort of felt for the pair of them. Uh, especially when China went for Playboy and Eddie was trying to stop it, you know all that sort of stuff. I thought was brilliant. Um, and they obviously had the the roses with the the lead pipe in there. 
Yeah. Which, um, they, All that crap. That's brilliant. That's you tough. Just, yeah, tough exactly. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be about, a bit of crack, a bit of cheating, a bit of, like, if my heels are going to cheat, I want them to cheat in the most cowardly, devious, sly way possible, and it's all that kind of stuff. It all still works for me at the age of 37. And I'll tell you what else is really good. <laughs> the fact that they like committed so much to the storyline that he changed his theme music. Yeah. To the Mamacita. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Music, which, oh, which is great. And it worked. It worked as well. Um, so see, my like earliest sort of match memory, I guess, would be from Mania 2000, which also I think I was like the right age for Mania 2000. Oh, yeah. Um, well, there's the six man tag against China, and I think, yeah, China and Too Cool would have been. Um, the three, three of the radicals would have been Pat Satin, Malenko, and um, Guerrero because Benoit had the triple threat match later on the yes. night. Um, I thought I thought it was great. I think if you look, compare it to like nowadays when if, if a star like Eddie was to move across the Louis, he wouldn't have been pushed on the WrestleMania cards so early. He probably would have had six months of, of beating nobodies and then before getting moved up. So I think this really put him on the on the platform and it helped grow the storyline of China quite well. And um, his, his success sort of came organically. Well, it, it really did. And I know, sorry, listeners, especially listeners that know this chronologically in and out, but like that, um, when we got to his world title, famous world title win, against Brock Lesnar and the promos were absolute fire on the way and and you know it, he'd built there from the previous years like as in people started taking him seriously the Los Guerreros tag team you know and 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 then moved, moved into the kind of the, the title picture again and um, like what bothers me looking back is that they made him look like he couldn't beat Brock Lesnar he needed help from Goldberg and all that sort of thing I mean I'm I'm WWE revisionist history I'm kind of glad that that's kind of not mentioned now but I remember it bothering me at the time it was like if because it was an adult then I was like if you want a world champion could you not make everyone believe that they can beat the next guy yeah I think to some extent I remember thinking at the time I would have been 14 so I remember thinking that you know maybe because I think Goldberg come in speared him and then Guerrero hit the frog splash on Morali with the belt. Something, something I'm similar. I'm not 100% sure. Right? I know there was Goldberg was in the audience and Brock was looking at him or something. And yeah. So I remember because Goldberg didn't interfere because they had a bit of a run in because Goldberg, Lesnar eliminated Goldberg in the Rumble 2004. Yeah. Um, when he wasn't in it, he just ran in and eliminated him because they did a bit of an altercation earlier that night. Um. And Lesnar got a, Goldberg got a front row seat to no way out. And I think that was the story leading into it. Um, and then he come in and speared him. Maybe Jack Cameron him as well, one of the two. And then Guerrero hit him with a frog splash. There was a belt involved somehow and then pinned him. So it was sort of a clean pin, but it wasn't because Goldberg did get involved. So I think I get it in a way they need to protect Brock Lesnar. They kind um, of made up for it a month later in terms of winning at WrestleMania against exactly. the biggest stuff. But I remember at the time going, like, he's the champion, but like, you know, like you've made him look like a bit of a loser. Certainly won it, yeah. Um, um, but, but I suppose, you know, that was, it was part of the gimmick as well. You know, the lion cheating, stealing and all that sort of thing. Which in um, hindsight as well also wouldn't fly because, again, massively racist. Yeah. <laughs> 
um i remember the um obviously he gave lita a platform as well um he progressed because she was with essay rios before wasn't she um and then yeah. also switched over to to eddie from there which um yeah then went to the hardys through there i um, don't i don't recall lita being with eddie like i've, I've i i i know it happened like you know i don't recall. I remember very small small space of time i think Okay, you know, as I remember, we came in with S.A. Rios, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? It was on an episode of Channel 4 Sunday Night Heat. And, <laughs> um, and I'll see the Eddie Guerrero China storyline come to an end when, what did we come to an end, but um, when Eddie Guerrero was caught with two of Godfather's hoes in the shower. Do you remember that? No, no. <laughs> it's heartbreaking, it was. It's heartbreaking. China oh, slowly walked in, and he was in the shower with two of the hoes. And it yeah. just, I will, I'll call the chat bolts and see, will they be making whole action figures? You can unlock her on the No Mercy game. Um, <laughs> you can unlock one of the Godfather's hosts. I think you had to pay like, basically like 50,000 Smackdown dollars, whatever it was. It was like the most amount of money on the game to unlock it. And you can also use the rose with a pole in it on the game. Oh, wow. So, like, so expensive holes. Expensive holes, yeah. Yeah, Not restaurant cheap. quality. <laughs> even back then. Uh, um, so we also had, obviously, like the Los Guerrero, as I mentioned earlier. I think my fondest Guerrero memories were sort of the matches they had in 2002 with, yeah. like, the Basham brothers. It might be a bit later than that, even. But um, the other world's greatest tag team would come a year later as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they had, like, a SmackDown 6, which was, it was like Edge, Mysterio, Eddie, Benoit, uh, I think Angle... And I want to say Rhino or even Chavo, um, they call it the SmackDown Six because they were known for the wrestler ability, uh, which for me come to come to a head at Survivor Series 2002, where you had a triple threat tag team match. Which, if you haven't watched it, just go and watch. That. Yeah. honestly, it's 15, 20 minutes of just absolute tag team bliss. It really is. It really is. And and me saying that about the uh, going back to Worlds Collide in '94, like I mean, then. It, everything improved with Eddie as, as he went along. I and mean, he, he was kind of one of these people that never stood still. It was consistent improvements from the time I knew who he was until the time he passed, actually, in terms of like his bell-to-bell engagement with the audience as well. So it does make it quite tragic, actually, the whole 38. And supposedly, they'll ne- we'll never get the full story. I'm sure you know, we know things work on Vince McMahon's win, but he was due to win the world title again. Very soon after, yeah, because I saw he was due to face Shawn Michaels at Mania. Yeah, yeah, which um obviously would have been an absolute cracker. Yeah, but um, yeah, sort of those what what could have been things. Um, it is, it is, and then you, you don't know how career would have went or no, that. exactly. Um, but yeah, obviously his return to WWF as it was back then, two thousand two. Um, straight into the Intercontinental title feud. Um, had an absolute stormer of a match with Edge at SummerSlam 2002. Um, it was one of those one of those matches that sort of made the the pay per view just a bit special for me because I think it was like it was a match that really you look at on paper and you think that shouldn't really be anything, but it had just little like twist go into it where I can't what it was I think like Edge kept beating him or something similar, and um, it's an absolute cracker of a match. Yeah, and I was cracking card as well. Like it was like when you look back at that pay per view, you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, how blessed we were. We didn't even know it. 
Yeah, well, I, I think it was a, a time where WWF before that and WCW were making stars every single day of the week. And you look back now and people, they're not, people aren't being pushed over the top as much. Um, I mean, realistically, what's the only star that's been made in the last year? Cody, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think he's been put out of his. I mean, you can argue like LA Knight maybe, but that's not an organic thing. That's something that the crowd are into and they're trying to trying it off. But um, yeah. Yeah, actually pushed to the main event level, I'd say would be Cody, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like and so it was a time it was a time and then there was no competition in wrestling. So like you, you were able to just sit down and put the best card yeah. then on the thing. Exactly. So actually sport, you get Ric Flair and Chris Jericho on the same card as Lesnar and The Rock and you just Yeah, and then the angle you don't, you don't realise they're the good old days until you you're out of them and then you realize oh, that's just absolutely how... it. It's absolutely until you see, uh, just how good they are. you see nonsense be wait, make a wish children during the day at WrestleMania for its first of eight hours? Well, every episode, a nonce gets mentioned. Yeah, well, blame <laughs> <laughs> you for that. Um, your kids. Um, I think, I think one, um, one side of Eddie Guerrero's career that I think I used to really like was sort of the the gritty side. They had a had a rivalry with John Cena, uh, around about the US title feud. So it would have been 2003, 2004. Yeah. Um, or 03, because Cena was a hill and he hasn't been a hill since. Um, and they had a parking lot brawl, the pair of them. And uh, it was on an episode of SmackDown, I'm pretty sure. And it was just, it felt at the time quite gnarly. It felt like it was an actual one that everyone was just in in their cars and um i think it finished with like a frog splash on the car bonnet but yeah 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 but they used it for years afterwards in splicey clippies and stuff like yeah that. exactly and it was, it was a good it was a good match it felt real it felt like they actually hated each other um it was yeah. good to see him go over and i think that once again was just a, an extra step pushing him in the right direction for that because obviously cena was on on the way there anyway so i think yeah. it was um it was good to see to see that absolutely absolutely like and i mean and i think if you if you look at what maybe was that extra push up the card for eddie um around that sort of time so it would have been around rumble january 2004 you had the chavo guerrero eddie guerrero split up yeah they um they split and obviously i think chavo aligned with chavo senior uh obviously eddie was by himself and um, classic Chavo classic with his um <laughs> didn't he have like did he have like a wrist yeah yeah um and i think like if you look back at those as well like they, they do those splits quite terribly nowadays where one person was looking at the star and one person was look awful look at say for example like Otis and tucker from heavy machinery um tucker was released within a year and like enzo and cast and so on whereas back then both come out looking Good Eddie looked like a top baby face, and Chavo Guerrero just generated so much heat from the fans because he turned on Eddie, regardless yeah. of who won at the Rumble. Both of them were going to come out looking as they should do. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's it's one of those things, especially in the last couple of decades, where you can see that the objective achieved as yeah. well. Like there was some sort of like kind of long term planning going into it. Now, I would say that. And this is only guessing, and I'm only guessing. We'll never be able to be told yes or no. That, but from Eddie and etc.'s experience in WCW, they were probably inclined to want long-term plans after because it. I mean, these are career-driven people who, who who've reached the top of their profession as well, 
and they had such frustrations getting there. Mm. So I'd imagine that a lot of, this is only me guessing, but a lot of the coherence, because we've seen a lot of incoherences, particularly in WWE, a lot of the coherence actually came from Eddie et al. themselves. Kind of insisting on it. Yeah. Because yeah, we can see he had no difficulty losing. Like, and you know, you, you hear that because you, you, we would have heard it by now from his colleagues, but even when he dropped the title to JBL and, you know, the buddies in the chase and all that sort of thing as well. Like, so he, he didn't seem to really ever have any difficulty losing if it made sense or if there was a plan. No, exactly. Um, I mean, if you look, you got you got his big moment at Mania 20 with Benoit at the main event, and obviously we very big angle earlier in the night using the light cheat and still thing. Um, and then also you had the like a ball rope match, was it like a it was like a yeah. ball rope sort of thing? Touch the turnbuckles, four corners. I forget what it's called. I know that WCW used to do it with a chain. Um, yeah, so yeah, I remember the four. I think it was called like a Texas ball rope match, or yes, and it, so, it was. So. Um, absolutely pissing with blood. Yeah, it looked like an accident. Actually, I believe I believe it was having read read since. But what a visual! And what a scary visual as well. If you're not a sociopath, um, as well. So yeah, no, and that that visual was kind of front and center of WWE until they went PG. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it was around. Well, been long before. I mean, this was the time where. Kurt Angle would have been general manager. Uh, yeah. If you remember that, where he was in the wheelchair. Um, big show, threw him off the side. Um, so yeah, it would have been just just before then, maybe a couple of years before uh, sort of the main Rufus Aggression era. Um, but yeah, I think if you look at let's see how he lost the belts, JBL causing JBL to be once again a top heel because they had they had no top heels then, as Paul Heyman once said, Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays, so it's um, they needed someone like, like him. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good line. And they, yeah, yeah, the Benoit and Guerrero match at one night stand didn't work. I think people were expecting more of it than what it was, and that's just one of those things. Those things happen. It wasn't bad either. No, just... I mean, as and the event, and the event on the whole was really good. I suppose. I, I I thought it was absolute cracker. I really enjoyed both of them, and then after that, then. Then came ECW on a Tuesday, which gave us the likes of DJ Gabriel. Please yeah. translate him, Shad Bulls. Thanks, Eddie. <laughs> um, I remember, I think, like, it would have been Rumble 2005, it would have been, um, when Eddie stole Ric Flair's number, I think it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which was um, really That's good. What, like, he was the highest height of entertainment in the lead up to his passing, actually. Uh, I believe his last match, and I remember actually watching it going like was with Mr. Kennedy, where he gave him the chair. Yeah. And just that uh, he'd walked with it, and it was all, I, I thought that was. Brilliant. How many times do we see that recreated to still but, comedic effect? Still comic effect, but not, no, not as good as him either. Like, it was no, no, like, no, yeah, of course. Yeah. Going lying down really fast as well. I mean, you, need, you need referee cooperation, but like, you know, it was there. So. Time ins and just. General, yeah, just it needs to be um everything lined up, right? Isn't it? I mean, just throwing the chair and laying on the floor and making the sort making the sound and sometimes yeah. they'll lead up to a pay-per-view where they double bluff and the person oh. will try and do it to him and yeah, and it, 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 it's just this another thing that shows the guy's influence on wrestling. And this is nearly 20 years since he passed, like and mm. like, let's say 
the majority of your faves, folks, would be very heavily influenced by it. I remember, um, I think it would have just been in the pub working. So it would have been 16? Yeah, so it would have been 2006-ish. Um, 2005, 2006. And I remember seeing it on on Sky Sports News, I think, had it as like a bulletin breaking news. Oh, yeah. 2005 would have been, yeah, so it would have been 15. Yeah, no, remember, glasses. I remember it well, actually. I don't know what I was doing. I was arsing around on the computer. I think I was... I wasn't living with my parents, but I was staying with my parents for some reason. I remember seeing it. And I was like, oh, Eddie Guerrero dies. And then my parents were like, who's that? <laughs> and, and then now you can play them this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, look, ma'am. Look, ma'am. <laughs> an epic toys dolly. <laughs> um, he's on a lot of video games as well. I'm just on Wikipedia now. He's in, um, obviously, from like yeah, WCW versus NWO. Oh, yeah. tour and so on and yeah. I remember his um his taunt on that where he'd, where he'd slap his ass that sort of thing that's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's... so yeah no and so it's it's going to be a special release and uh, like I mean I don't think there's really much argument that it's so far so far Epic Toy's biggest name and biggest signing yeah um I mean you gotta think it's come out of the blue because he's you know whatever legends do he's got figures coming out now he's got a an ultimate figure on the horizon, not long down the road. So, you know, he's he's got figures coming out still with WWE. So yeah. it's quite um but it's good that we can get him in this retro form and, and we can celebrate that, that outfit that he had and, and that and that, that gear and that look. Um I think it's more from. of a homage to your fans of that era as well, like which which I'm really enjoying. Like, yeah. I yeah. Um I mean, it's a shame we can't get Rey Mysterio in a, a similar time now, which would be great. But well he, he's left WWE a few times over the years. You couldn't rule it out. No, exactly. You'll think of Ray when was the last time Ray signed from 2018. A bit before. Uh, if he um Yeah, and he was out anywhere and everywhere with everything. I mean, if if there was companies like this around, I'd say we would have one. Yeah, hundred percent. We can pray. Maybe we'll get a Ray and not a yeah. Dominic. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Dominic. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, Influenced by his real dad. I just thought we haven't even mentioned the fucking custody of a Dominic ladder match. That's how it was one of the greatest things. I started the job I'm in the day after that. And I stayed up to look at the custody of the Dominic ladder match. Of course you did. Why wouldn't you? It's, yeah. um, Give him back. <laughs> it's a great, yeah. Um, Give him back indeed, little blonde, little brick. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember I had um, watching sort of the build up to that. I would have had a PSP at the time. Um, had a wrestling game on that. I think I was playing the storyline whilst I was on TV. So must have, yeah, must have been a similar sort of time. And um, I, I was in and out of wrestling because I didn't really have Sky at the time. And just thinking, what the fuck has happened to wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i was i was actually mildly into that pay-per-view because it had uh matt hardy and edge and i thought it was oh, real yeah. even though i was 19 i should have known better it wasn't fucking real but like you know was that the um hogan, was that hogan or oh, no, hogan hbk hogan hbk right i didn't stay up for that no that's fair that's, i remember that's... now i didn't stay up for that like that's fair. Uh, but I, I, stay, I stayed up for Matt Hardy and Edge thinking something cool would happen because I thought it was real, but I didn't think it was real. I don't know. Like, 
is you know the whole Lisa thing and yeah, I'm surprised Dark Side of the Ring haven't covered that. Yeah, no, it's 18 years on as well, and actually, and it happened with Russo, and it kind of happened here that kind of internet angles didn't take off, but. We're living in different times. It's impossible that angles like that would take off now. Um, I tell you what has taken off. Let's um cut the the Eddie talk now. We can uh, wrap it up in just a few words of just. By the Eddie Guerrero uh, epic (laughs) chances are it's less than most other companies and be just as good, if not better, quality. Thank you. So um yeah, so Eddie Guerrero is obviously the series three. Uh, check out our social medias. Obviously, uh, three points of our circulation Facebook, as well as the Epic Toys Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as well, which will post all the lovely pictures of uh, Eddie Guerrero's figure on there. Um, and yeah, as Daniel said, it'll be very, very moderately priced compared to compared to others. Is that it's not cheap? I wouldn't use the word cheap. Because I said, mod- I said moderate, I, moderate. I know, I know, I know. But just right. in case people are thinking, oh, I, I don't want to. Yeah, we, we don't want to say the word cheat. They're not like generally you know, the ones that you see, like WWE will release Metal Mayhem or something. It'll be a little fucking stupid statue of Seth Rollins. Two quid. Say, it's not like that. I have a two-year-old and a five-month-old, so they release a fucking choking hazard. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, not that. It's not a choking hazard. Yeah. So... <laughs> um. But yeah, let's move on because we, we do reviews every week. So we've had like uh, review day grows career. We can now move on to reviewing the cello figures of yesteryear. Um, we look at or look back at all the cello figures released from day one up till well, whatever comes out recently and comes through your doors. We've covered Nick Alvis, we've covered Ethan Page. Let's move on to uh, our first two pack that we bump into. What are they, Daniel? Two packs, so break out the champagne glasses and the motherfucking condoms, right? <laughs> um, it's it, it's it's Josh Chernoff and the Blue Meanie, not the Blue Meanie you know, but the Blue Meanie these days, which it worked, it worked. The Blue Meanie you love, yeah, yeah. And so, we're with the Blue Meanie you are getting in series two is a different Blue Meanie, it's the Blue Meanie from '97. And what you can do then is if you have this figure, you can make 2021 Blue Meanie fight. 1997 Blue Meanie and 2021 is in way better shape actually so um, and you can get Josh Charles to interview them afterwards you can you can yeah you can. Well, you, and you have a choice of attires with that you could have the normal Josh Charles or the, the Fight TV exclusive you really can and you know what I would say that these went a long way to save in Cella which is now epic because they're very good the Meanie figure is excellent after two Fairly massive, and nobody's going to say any different misfires. Um, but like they were, they were riding the wave of the retro mania, and um, I think Blue Meanie kept people in. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. um, obviously for continuity, I guess this was announced third, but it came out second. That's right. It was That's physically right. in hand second. So you would have got your Nick Aldis and thought, "What the fuck's this?" <laughs> and you would have got. <laughs> And then you have gone right. Why have I pre-ordered that blue meaning? Who was member of the Impact roster? Um, uh, Aldis, yeah, I saw. But be sure I'm not going to check that out. No, that's fair. Um, <laughs> um I think I did, did see yesterday that he was, and now Mickey James has left. Um, that's a massive yeah, swap one out and bring another one. Um, 
but yeah, this mini, it was, um, yeah, arrived in a lovely blue packaging, uh, which went with the figure, also matching with the Series 3, in case you're wondering. Um, comes with his signature face paint of fake glasses, blue hair, blue beard, blue wrist tape, half-cut shirt with mine and the mini written on the shirt, and some lovely pair of little denims. Yeah, they were smashing. They were smashing. I enjoyed them. It was rather like Tobias from um, um, the Never Nude fella from the show. Oh, it's really annoying me. It helps. I have no, no idea what you're talking about. The Blutes, the show, uh, it's really, really good. Uh, oh, the show that's really good. Oh. Yeah, no. I'm glad you've narrowed that down. I'm a fucking broadcast journalist. Um. <laughs> Is it, is it The Last of Us? Um, no, it's it's a very, very famous show. I, I'll get there. Portia de Rossi's in it. Um, you know, I, I, everyone knows who I'm talking about right now. There uh, are people in their cars, people on the train, whatever, are screaming the name mm-hmm. of the show. Arrested Development just came to me. Oh, they, uh, oh never, never, never would have got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it came in the, those little denim shorts. If you're not watching that, if you've never watched it, it's a real Jamie show as well. Like, it's I've never, awesome. yeah, I've never. They said the same about Curb Your Enthusiasm. I never really. Um, I I only ever watch it when it's on repeats on Paramount and stuff like. Is that. Is it the so, one with Jason Bateman? Is he Arrested Development? Probably. I'm trying. Yeah. To Which one's called the Bananas? They sell bananas. The Banana Stand. Yeah. Yeah, and Michael Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I've never watched it. I think I've watched like it's been on when like I don't know. I've been wanking or something. But <laughs> <laughs> that understand really gets me going. Oh my god! How did this degenerate so fast? I would say the two pack was 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 the blue medium gesture enough. Two pack was was a two fold issue for Cella. On the one hand, it was their first good figures. Sure enough, is good. We don't know who Sure enough is, but like you know, again, riding the retro wave, we've got a cool interviewer with a with a mic. Potentially the influence for Mattel, Mean Gene, quite possibly. I'm not saying it is, not saying it isn't, but I know Mattel would be watching this kind of thing. So fair dues on that that score. The mini figure is very good. It doesn't have wasted articulation, but how on ever. So it it showed that they were able to produce a good figure. Now, the bad side. It was the first kind of what we can say was first sign of issues with the company in terms of most of them mock were damaged. Uh, if you have a pristine, nice one, which I believe, and you can still buy these, I think from the Blue Meanie and the Blue Meanie and Josh Sharanoff's websites and stuff like that. So, but if you have a pristine one, I would keep it because I can't, I don't know how many there is. I know the ones that were sent to Europe and around Europe had damage to a greater or lesser degree. So, Keep your eyes out if you ever do see a pristine. I think if I'm rightly, I obviously I bought this one on a damaged card anyway. But wasn't there something that like someone was writing on them, or someone was writing on a bit of paper that was on top of the cards, and that's why they were damaged? It was something like that. And well, a lot of them were water damaged as well. Oh, maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was water paint I was thinking of. But um. It might be the born of Carnu actually that had that rumor, but it turned out it was her nose that was sticking into the other card. She had a, she had a dint in every card, and, it, and every card was perfect except for that dint. Yeah, that was it. Uh, Lovely. Uh, I knew it was some sort of fuck up. Um, but yeah, it was the mini one. I think yeah, I picked it up. Right at the time, it was like 23 quid for a two pack. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I mentioned before as well, they sent me two Nick Aldis's that I didn't ask for. So I um, <laughs> had that too. 
Oh, because well, what? Because of your wonderfully influential podcast. No, I think it was just more than just sent me tunic goddesses. I think I'm guessing they got you confused with Sauce's order. Sent me tunic goddesses, and I messaged him and said, "You've sent me to by accident like extra figures." And it was just I'm like an old, honest Jamie here. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm a public figure. Um, <laughs> nah. and then uh, they just said, "Just keep it," and I was like, "Fair enough." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so look, it was, it was starting. Things were starting to go right for Cella at this point. I, I would, I would defy to say, uh, cool figures, not with a whole lot wrong with them either. And then they were starting to find their own identity in the kind of the feel of the figures. They're slightly heavier. They're they feel like a galoo, but kind of look like a Hasbro. And we'll see how the Shad Bowls, uh put their mark on wrestling megastar going forward. Will it will it will it be similar? Or will it be different? Will it what kind of style will they go through through? I mean, as uh, Luke said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he's he said it to me like when I directly asked him last week, he was like, What do you want? And he said, I want Tippy's art to be made into figures. And I don't think you can ask for any more than that. No, that's exactly it. And if you look at, I mean, I see the the waist articulation we discussed before didn't go into play until Joey requested it for his figure, because um, all of the Chala figures before just never had it, which was complete oversight from them. But was um, it an oversight or was it like a good money save? Like, because do you play with your dollies? Like, do you know? No, I don't. But at the same time, you were about to pose them, and someone that had sure. quite an iconic pose, like Blue Mini did with his dance, like even. A bloke that I play football with that is a bit it's a bit special, but he um no, no, no. Uh he uh yeah, so even he like was chatting to me and I said to him about like oh, I would do a wrestling podcast and stuff. And even he said you oh, told Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I think like I was inviting people to the page and like accidentally pressed his name and then he was chatting to me at football about it. I was like, Oh, I used to watch it with Blue Meanie and then just proceeded to do the dance for about a minute. Yeah, it was regardless of, of if I asked him to or not. Um, wow. I know. It was, it was an experience. Did you try at the time, <laughs> No, oh. but um, my sister... No, I won't go into the story. Um, I'll tell you off camera. I'm, I'm going to, like... Um, so um, have we covered all the chilling news we have, right? Great. Yes. Get your hands on Wrestle Dudes. Get your hands on Series 2. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna leave everyone this week with a a thing that will continue. It's a thing going on in my life, right? Like, okay, so Emma put my name down to be on some TV quiz show. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some producer from uh, the TV station rang me anyway, and it was very charming. And I've been called to the next round of what they call auditions. Mm. So I just thought that was fun because you know the way, like, if you listen to the podcast, you tend not to get this far anyway. So. I want to see how many people follow this story. <laughs> What's the game show called, Daniel? Uh, I, I I can't say actually. Is it the chase? The, the chase. The <laughs> chase. The money's in the chase, as Eddie Guerrero proved to us. Um, I um I once in it's the last series auditioned for Big Brother. Uh, so this would have been. 2009 maybe 2010 uh got through to the final 100 when they had to send in like get send a video in 
of like you in your garden or something being bloody bloody mental and bloody kooky. Um, I just didn't have a camera phone or a camera, so I just thought, oh fuck it, so I just didn't do it. Um, and then yeah, that was. You probably would have missed out on like a disturbing experience having to fucking. Grim Alison Holland or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to fucking write, pick, commit bestiality on national television for Channel Five producers. Yeah, that'd be. But what could have been? Did you ever watch Black Mirror? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that could have been me. That could have been me. Could have been you, Jamie. I I rate you a, a five out of five. Um, rate the podcast, by the way, people. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously if you do rate the podcast, just make sure you put it in the um in the thread and don't DM me like seven of you have done already. Um I just... thought that thread was just extremely unsuccessful. <laughs> no, no, I've been getting people signing to my DMs being like, Oh, this is the uh this is my review. Look, here's me doing five stars. It's like I, I think a major part of our, our social media interaction is that on Facebook, like you know, someone will comment and then like their mom will say. Mm. Like, what do you, do you like the wrestling? You fucking pervert. But then you say that though. But the um, <laughs> they, 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 so you can say they won't comment. But if you if something goes wrong, so if let's say we have a PayPal shutdown, they're, they're sure as hell don't mind telling you their feelings <laughs> then, or um, you know, like if Zombie Sailor puts out a figure, or if you put. If I put an image of like a grapplers and gimmicks or rush toys or uh even an epic toys um retro that people don't like, that they'll they'll rifle off then and they don't care who sees it. So it just goes to show you that people will comment if they're if they're annoyed enough. Well, well, yeah, what we should do is ask people which retro style figure would they be able to get up their bottom. Because <laughs> like, I know, but that's for next week. <laughs> so put, put a post together. Yeah. Preview of next week's podcast. Make sure the heads are not magnetic. Well, it could be good for retrieving it. And because there was that problem, wasn't there? That had um, there was like these little magnet toys that they released, and the kids were swallowing them. And it was getting stuck, and they couldn't get them out, and they weren't showing up on um, X-rays and stuff because apparently magnets don't. So, Christ, this is taking a turn. That is grim and a bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we, we might end on that note. Yeah. Don't put anything up your arse. Like, <laughs> that's not organic. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, I've been your host, Jamie Wills. And my battery didn't die this week, so we um, managed to make it to a full episode without me having to do a, a, a rush-together finish. Well, supposedly David Starr's trying to weasel his way back into wrestling, the big dirty bastard. But sure, look, we can move on from that. <laughs> That wasn't a bit we cut off at all last week. Daniel, thank you for your time. <laughs> Thanks a million. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>